It's time to drop the puck. Time for the nightcap. Your home for news and insider info on your Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL. Let's hear from the goalie. Here's Lindsey Brown. Hey, how are you? And welcome back to another installment of the Nightcap. We appreciate you choosing to join us to talk some Golden Knights hockey tonight with us via CBS Sports Radio 1140 or streaming on the radio.com app. My name is Lindsay Brown, your host, always and forever. And tonight I am joined, as always, or at least most times, by my two trusty sidekicks here on the Nightcap, Ryan Quigley and Ben Goats. What is, what is up? up? What is up? There's a lot of stimulation in this studio right now. The Knights are playing the Rangers as we speak yes. about half of the, the third period left, 13 minutes left, and they are currently up 4-1. to one. Sorry if you're listening to uh, the game, or, or I shouldn't say that. Sorry if you're DVRing the game, because I just ruined it. But you can still... <laughs> Get insight from watching it back, even knowing the score right now. So before we get everything started, I just want to remind everyone that if you happen to miss part of our show, past shows, and hopefully future shows, you can listen back to that on the radio.com app. You just search The Nightcap. Don't forget to include the V. And you can do that on the radio.com app or on Apple Podcasts because we are cool people. And that's how I listen to podcasts. So I understand how you just get set in your ways. You know, you're like, what is this app? You know? Do you guys get like that? There's too many apps out there. There are way too many apps. The only app that matters is the Hamhorn app. It's the the air the rap air horn. Oh, correct. I also like, you can just pull it out whenever you want. There we go. Thank you. You Mark. can just pull it out Thank whenever you, you want. Mm-hmm. And you, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and Quality we've, production. We've right. we've addressed all that. So as uh, Shang from Mulan said, let's get down to business, shall we, That's gentlemen? Right. That's right. Uh, let's as a, go. As we said, knights are currently in a game right now. And unfortunately, because we have, I'm on the show with the Playmakers 3 to 6 p.m. all the weekdays, we've been watching it. I have seen no footage on any of the goals that have been scored. I don't really know what's going on, uh, but we're winning. So that's good. And I know that Alex Tuck got two of those goals in the first five minutes of that game. What have you guys seen from this game? Well, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but um, one thing I have, and this is uh, actually, I should attribute this to Jesse Granger of The Athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Tuck without mustache, way better than Alex Tuck with mustache. That's exactly what I was going to say. Alex Tuck shaved the November mustache, all of a sudden scoring goals. Coincidence? I don't think Probably. so. Probably. Oh, we're going <laughs> to agree with this. There's some science involved. There no, must be. I mean, Alex Tuck played with his hair on fire the first couple shifts, scores yeah. a goal, draws a penalty, then scores on the ensuing power play, puts the Knights up 2 nothing real early on in this game. I mean, the Knights are just all over the Rangers to start. Yeah. The Rangers made a little bit of a push in the back half of the first period, but then second starts, Riley Smith gets breakaway goal. Max Pacioretty gets a great pass from rookie Cody Glass to make it 4 nothing, mm. and I mean, they're basically cruising. It's right. a really good night at a very good arena, Madison Square Garden, uh, for the Knights. Also, Loki, great uniform matchup today. So if you haven't watched, I would recommend yeah, the looking back at this one because the, the Knights' white jerseys with, they're so clean. with the white gloves, with the Enough Rangers' the, blue oh, God, I hate jerseys, gloves. I think it's you really good. You don't like good. the white gloves? No, I think that it's a bender look personally, but what? I just, that's... That's just how I was raised in the homeland. <laughs> in right. Minnesota. 
It's working for me. As it's working for you, Ben. It's okay. It's, I'm, it's, I'm it's, here for those gloves. The gloves are very and the original good. six jerseys. Yeah. The original six color jerseys, besides the Bruins, who have trash Correct. jerseys. They're mostly but trash. But the other five out of this original six have really, really good jerseys. Right, right, and right. so seeing that with the Knights white, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, good no, on the I'm very much here for it, too. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, it wouldn't look bad if they had black gloves with the whites. Correct. You, know? you don't need white gloves. And it's just, it, no. Uh very Michael Jackson esque. Well, let's not draw comparisons towards the one, the white gloves. I know, but he's not exactly someone we should compare anything to at this current <laughs> point in time. Uh, but as we said, they got off to a really good start, and Alex Tuck is playing on that third line. That third line has been a huge kind of black hole for the Knights this season, and we're getting a little bit of a different look at it tonight because Cody Eakin is going to be out for the next couple of weeks with an upper body injury. If you guys forgot, he took an elbow directly to the head. Uh, that com- Completely could have been avoided uh, in the game against Arizona. Brad Richardson leading his elbow into Cody Gla- or Cody uh, Eakins head. So that upper body injury is more than likely uh, concussion related, but we won't speculate on that. So Cody Glass is actually playing center on that third line with Alex Tuck on his right and Will Carrier on his left. That's interesting. It is and it's not. I kind of like it. It I- seems I like to be working. Kind of surprising to me right now because what concerns me about a potential Tuck Carrier wing pairing is that you got the Spider-Man memes going on mm-hmm. where yeah. Carrier is yeah. basically a less skilled version of Alex Tuck where they're both no. fast and physical and Tuck just happens to be better with the puck, which is why he gets he paid can, way more. He, that's, what you're, that's what you're looking for in a hockey line though, isn't it guys? You're looking for a finisher, a playmaker and a grinder, mm. right? Yeah. That's those are your three kind of staples of what makes lines really successful. And sometimes you have lines that are much more skill based or much more speed based. But if you go back to just the roots and how you really construct a forward line in the offensive zone, what and how you delegate roles and responsibilities, it's kind of not surprising that this, this line is seeing success so quickly. And honestly, Will Carrier in the last couple of weeks has been this team's best player. One I of think their he's best so players. underrated. Like, I, I agree with you. And he's not going to put points on the board every night. He's not going to get get on the score sheet. Yeah. But it's a different it's a different contribution. There's so many times in which the Golden Knights are just dead in the water like as they're playing. And they send that fourth line out there and it kind of breathes new life because they're out there hitting. They're out there just forechecking the hell out of their opponents and playing physically. And maybe that's what's been kind of missing through this night's lineup as they're starting to figure some things out is that Maybe we need a little more sprinkling of physicality through through our lineup rather than just reserving it for the fourth line. All right, I'm going to turn this TV off. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. You can barely bet. Ben, I think you could pay attention. No, I'm listening. Ryan, I'm listening. I know, but I need you. There's there's listeners and then there's talkers. Yes. But you guys get. <laughs> we didn't come in here for you guys to listen. I mean, I'll go off a diatribe for an entire hour. I've done it before. Oh, no, I know. I'm not looking for it today. Can. Not looking for it today. But do you guys do you guys feel the same way? Do you think that that's something that's kind of led to their success, at least through these last few games where it just seems like they're a different team? Well, the fourth line, I think, yeah. has always been important to the Knights. I mean, they, mm-hmm. and they know what they're doing. I mean, Carrier has always said, like, hey, I know it's my job to bring energy mm-hmm. to this team. And you believe him, and he's getting better this year. He's better well, this he's year. he's young, right? Exactly. He does not look young. but He, he looks is, like, yeah, he's he looks like a grizzled He's 24, but yeah. he looks like he's 30. He's 24 going on 35. But Great number. Thank you. But- Alex Tuck, another member of that third line. It's, it's the line of minus Cody Glass because he still looks like a small child. But like Tuck <laughs> and Carrier, 
both look like they're in their 40s, possibly. And have looked that way since they were like 16. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. No, and they're forming a really effective trio right now. I mean, that's obviously a small sample size with one game. What? It's only been two periods. What do you mean we can't draw every conclusion it's from been that? Like two and a half, but no. And you just saw, I mean, on the broadcast, assistant coach Mike Kelly was kind of whispering something, you know, looked pretty positive into Cody Glass's ear of just kind of like, hey, like Cody Glass is getting it going because he's also a guy right. who, along with other members of that third line, had not been playing that well. And that's been a thing all year for Cody Glass of you can do it on the power play. And we saw it today how good he is below the goal line yes. on that power play. But can you do it five on five? Can you contribute five on five? And he really hadn't been can doing that. Can you play that. defense? Uh, which, is, you know, you feel for him because he's a 20-year-old learning the NHL. Yeah. Well, also learning right wing, which is a position that he does not play. Exactly. Normally. I mean, kind I was, of. I mean, this season he has been. And this, we were talking a little bit about this before the show. Like, this Eakin injury is interesting for, for Glass because this gives him the opportunity to step in as the 3C. And this is the position that he pretty much, I mean, he's always played all through junior and everything. Sure. So I just, I hate when people are like, yes, to learn the whole new thing of the right wing. They're forwards. Their they, job is to go yeah, score goals. They, 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 they have yeah. different responsibilities, but it's not like this is going to be the first time that Cody Glass has ever played right wing. It's the first time he's played right wing at a, at a high level as, as this, mm-hmm. where every little baby mistake would have been probably covered up in a lower level, but not here. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, yeah. A, that's a very tall order. But yeah, he might, I think it's a really good opportunity to see what he can do now that it's the kind of new season, new new team smell is kind of worn off for him. You know, he's been in the locker room this entire time. He's part of that team. He's not just the rookie kid anymore. I mean, he's still a rookie, but he's just as part of the team as anybody else. Right, right. And so that added responsibility with that center position, that's why you see a lot of the rookies get delegated to the wing positions because it's not about their ability to score. It's not about their ability in the offensive zone, which sometimes can be streaky. It's about their ability to take care of their other responsibilities that go with the centerman position. It's always the little things. That's right. what the coaches love And, and the, the defensive response. You're a third defense as a center. That's your job. Like if a defenseman goes into the corner, you're the center and you're not in the corner. That means you're in front of the net. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. And it's easy when you're young and a lot of things are new and you're fo- I need to score. That's how I'm going to show that I'm doing well, that I'm ready to be here. It's easy to forget about that stuff. Right. But it's been going pretty darn well so far. Yeah, he's hanging in there. I mean, I thought he's don't get me wrong. He's not like I wouldn't put him quite in the Calder Called her a race right now. Oh, trust now. me. Uh, Kale's got that we locked up. We all know Kale McCarr's got yeah, that locked up. Yeah. He, he might be I will, up for I will say, uh, uh, Hughes, Quinn Hughes, I'm not saying he's going to, but he's, he's creeping up there good. too. He's awesome. So, um, but yeah, no, like it's, you got to be excited with what you're seeing from Cody Glass just because he is so young and he's mm-hmm. taking on playing center in the NHL isn't easy. And now, no. I mean, his first game, his first, or I guess first full game at center. Um, in a while, in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not with this season, lineup right? yeah, yeah. either, but not with the, not with these line mates because Tuck's been hurt. Tuck was hurt, yeah, and Carrier was on the fourth line. So this is mm-hmm. these are all new line partners for him, and yeah. so that's a good thing because the Knights need to show that they have versatility through their lineup, that they can kind of remix whatever players that they need to. Because we've seen those games where your best aren't really playing their best, and you're looking for sparks in other places, and if and you got to juggle the lines, well. So it has to work at some point. Gallant has been doing that a lot lately, and clearly some things are starting to change. And it's not just the player lineups. It's also the way that they're playing the game as well. Yeah, the defensive zone changes, Thank I think, you. have been the biggest thing that they've started to change. Really, with the Nashville game was where they first tried that out. They switched from, they've primarily been a man-to-man team in the defensive zone, so everyone in the defensive zone has a guy that they're assigned to defend, mm-hmm. to now 
they're playing more of kind of a zone style where when in doubt, they all just meld into the middle of the ice and they try to take away the slot. They try to take away easy chances and it's been working for them yeah, so far. Absolutely. And that defensive side, I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off because I don't think what you're saying is great because it is, but we have a whole segment on it next, right? So we want to cover some of those changes and some of the other things that are going on with this team as they continue to turn things around as they're looking for their third straight victory. So we're going to take our first intermission here. You know, get a couple squirts of water, get some new skate laces, hang out. And uh, we're going to talk some coaching purge. NHL coaches are in some hot water. We're going to address that. This is the Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140 and streaming on the Radio.com app. Your Monday Night Power Play, The Nightcap, on CBS Sports Radio 1140. Welcome, welcome to the 49, well not 49 yet, this has to be like (laughs) what, at least of our group, this is probably the fourth week that we've done this, and this is The Nightcap, and welcome, we appreciate you guys joining and listening uh, to talk about some Golden Knights hockey with us this evening, and just to remind you, it's super easy to listen back to this show, any show that we've ever done. You can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts or on the Radio.com app. You just have to search out The Nightcap. Emphasis on the the. That is very important for some reason. I don't know why we haven't been able to render searches where you don't have to use the or other other words of that sort. But search The Nightcap and you can find all of the shows that we've done and all the ones we'll do in the future. And then if you want to look for any other hockey content or Golden Knights related content, you can find that on CBSSportsRadio1140.com. Now, my name is Lindsay Brown, your host, always and forever, and I'm joined by my two sidekicks that are paying complete and total attention to what we are doing. No, Ryan Quigley. No, that's how you got to do it. That's you. Yeah. And that's all I do. And- Sal- <laughs> I'm laser focused. Exactly. All the time. That's why we're here. Salutations, folks. Hello. And we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're usually a little bit goofier. That's usually how we roll things. But there's been a lot of serious NHL news in the last couple weeks, and I feel like we need to address it because it's it's unavoidable. It, you can't avoid You it. can't I mean. not talk about it, and it's not going away. And so, for those of you that have been living under a rock and, and, and are hockey fans, Mike Babcock was fired about a week and a half ago following well, really, Marc-Andre Fleury's save. The save. <laughs> that he, is, he ended his career. Oh, yeah, well, kind of incredible. It was, it was like the meme from the uh, that rap that rap battle video where he's just like, I'm about to end this man's career. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> first, Fleury denies that man a cup with yeah. the save. Yeah, I know. Correct. Twice. And Twice. then he denies him a job. It's incredible. Right. <laughs> and so Mike Babcock gets fired from the Toronto Maple Leafs because their season had not been going well. And they obviously have a lot of talent and high expectations for that team in Toronto. And they've, I don't know what they've done since. I knew that they won the first game and that they're like, Pretty it's good. fine. Everything's yeah, yeah. fine. One, three out of four. But. The story didn't stop there. Things started to come out about Mike Babcock and some of the practices that he used as a coach, not just when he was with the Leafs, but Mm -hmm. in other stops. And it came out that he had put Mitch Marner, who's a forward on the Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously, and one of the best young forwards in the NHL. It came out that there was a story in his rookie year that in order to inspire a little bit more hunger, a little bit more hardworking energy from Mitch Marner, who was definitely known to take some parts of his shift off early in his career, that Mike Babcock had him devise a list of players on on the team, on the Toronto Maple Leafs, and rank them in hardest working to least hard working order. And he put himself at the bottom. But then he shared that list with the players. 
He took Mike like, Babcock yeah. shared that list with Mitch Marner in the like. This is part of a team meeting. Yeah. So Mitch Marner's like eighteen. Cries. Of course he does. This would be an absolute nightmare scenario for anyone mm-hmm. as a player. And so, did he really cry? I, I, I read him. that somewhere. I, I wouldn't blame I, him. I, I, I mean. But either way, that causes so much just social and mental anxiety to yeah. have that out. For, for that, like, you expect that would be a thing between you and the coach. Exactly. And, like, I mean, I wouldn't even go that far. Exactly. If I'm the coach, like, to me, that's putting a, a young player in a really, really difficult position. But then to go out and tell those other players who he yeah. put at the bottom of the list... What are you trying to get at? What, yeah. What's, well, what's like, the payoff? The thing already worked. Like the whole point of it was for Mitch Marner to rank himself last right, and be exactly. like, mm-hmm. "You're That's right, coach. Exactly. I need to work harder." And so Marner clearly got the message. Like as weird as the coaching tactic was, like it worked. It accomplished what it was supposed right. to accomplish. And then Babcock decided to press his luck, roll those dice one more time, and be like, "Hey, Nazem Kadri, you know who thinks that you're awful? Yeah, right. This kid. Yeah." And just made things really awkward for Mitch Marner. And the, sure. the, the veteran players who he put down there, they weren't even mad at him. They were like, at, dude, you're fu- this is on the coach. At Mitch. Yeah, right. they weren't even mad at Mitch. They were mad at Babs. Like, right. dude, how do you put a kid in this position? And he wasn't really particularly liked in that locker room, he being Babcock and the locker room being the right. Maple Leafs. And there was there was a serious, you know, kind of discussion about, well, what what is Mike doing? Are these tactics uh, necessary in today's day and age? Do they work on these young kids? And they said that they addressed it, that he apologized to the team. And But since then, there's been more developments about Mike specifically. But this also triggered another story that literally happened a week ago, which is cr- crazy to think about. It was during this time a week ago mm-hmm. that during the Calgary Flames game against, uh, I think it was Pittsburgh at this time, uh, a tweet gets sent out by... Let's see if I, I don't. I want to make sure I want to butcher his name. Akimalu. Akimalu, who um, accused Bill Peters, who a week ago was the coach of the Calgary Flames, of some racial epithets that was said in his presence. And and Akim, he's uh, of of mixed racial descent, and there's, it's all good. Like it's whatever. But he, he said some things in his presence, and it's not good to say those things in anybody's presence, but especially in that in that place and especially as a professional as a head coach of a hockey team and a yeah. kid who was a rookie on an AHL squad and this is about 10 years ago or so it was for the the Ice Hogs which was at the time the Chicago Blackhawks AHL affiliate and it kind of put not only Bill Peters on a certain trajectory but obviously on Leo's career and now we're seeing more and more details come out about this but this comes down during the game that they're playing Pittsburgh Mm. Right, and so Calgary's GM. How do you spe- how do you say his last name? Trev. I've been trying to figure that out. Yeah. yeah, we'll just call him GMT. Yeah, yeah, good idea. They took a few days to basically figure this out to yeah. investigate. To have their lawyers yeah, yeah. figure it out. Yes. I think exactly. is what was yeah. exactly. And in today's day and age, that's hard to do because we when we see something or hear something, or read something, we it's very easy to take that as fact and, and to run with it and not do the due diligence. But as of Friday, Bill Peters resigned. He was let go yeah. and is no longer associated with the Calgary Flames organization. Mm-hmm. That was a week ago. Crazy. And so what- just, a, just a quick disclaimer. The, these allegations that came from Akima Lou, mm-hmm. they weren't just him saying like, oh, yeah. And then, you know, just a, a no quick, backup. Right. Like other players came out and His were just teammates. like, well, like, keep in mind, this was not the only accusation against Bill Peters, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It came out that when he was the coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, which he was right before he became the Flames coach, mm-hmm. he punched and kicked players yes. on the 
bench. Yeah, mm-hmm. and not only and. It was corroborated by right. the current Carolina head Rod coach, Brindamore. Rod Brindamore. Rod the Bod was just like straight up, like before a game after a morning skate, was like, I know what you guys are about to ask me. It happened. Right. And uh, <laughs> now we've highlighted kind of the stories. And if you're not fully versed on what's going on, you should go read some of the articles. There's tons of them. We're not doing We're doing a pretty good job of explaining it, but we're kind of everywhere. But there's a larger conversation to be had because I think we're standing on the precipice of a reckoning in the hockey community. And I think it's overdue to be totally honest, but it seems like there are a lot of not just NHL coaches that are maybe a little bit more nervous, but I even saw news stories and releases from a junior hockey program in Colorado where they had like an athletic trainer who had said some things and they had just let him go. And and so you're seeing all of a sudden a lot of these players or, or former players coming forward with their own experiences. And now as there, a lot of them, you always, I, my, my rule of thumb is always believe it until, until it's proven otherwise. And I'm not a judge. I'm not a lawyer, but the way I do it is I, I want to make sure the victims feel like they're being heard because at the end of the day, even if they're not victims, they're trying to be heard about something and maybe we can help them in that process. Right. Um, but most times you don't just make stuff up like this. Where, where do you guys kind of feel the ice is for NHL coaches, the mood. Do you think there's going to be a lot of fallout? Do you think that there's going to be a serious shakeup? Because we've never seen something like this in the, this community or really any sports community. Yeah, so yeah. this is going to be a really interesting discussion. Knights won 4-1, by the way, against the New York Rangers, yes. in case people are wondering. Yes, there we go. The, the, the horn. That's there's that. that. Um, it's something that's really going to have to get discussed because hockey – as we all know, is a sport that's had diversity issues for Mm -hmm. a long time now. And the NHL specifically is trying really hard to address them. Like last year, they celebrated Black History Month for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those of you that go to the Golden Knights games, that video they used to play with Ryan Reeves in a barbershop as part of Black History Month, it's part of the whole celebration they were trying to do. Hockey is is for everyone campaign. Hockey is for everyone campaign, Mm -hmm. which is obviously not just across racial lines, but a lot of different lines. Mm -hmm. They're trying really hard to prove that, hey, this basically isn't just a rich white guy sport, which, if we're being honest, that's what it's been for a long time. exactly what it is. And then... Things like this just set you back so hard on the road to trying to be a better and more inclusive league. And obviously, it's not necessarily the league's fault from the top on down, but it's not a good look when you employ a coach who's been accused of these things and a coach who got fired from his job with the Hurricanes. And then, of course, these allegations came out of what he did with another NHL team, and he got hired within like three days. Yeah, He was unemployed for like three days after quitting the Hurricanes job, and they got snatched right up by a... Big market franchise, the Calgary Flames. Yes, yeah, so, I mean it's a Canadian team, right? And, so. and that's and that's one of the aspects that we need to definitely illuminate when it comes to NHL because the NHL is probably the most infamous of the sports leagues for recycling coaches. It's very right. much like a, a tight knit group. You're like, oh, so and so got fired. You just go coach over here. You go mm-hmm. coach over here, and they all there's very little new blood entered into that into that stream, and you're seeing a little bit of it, but most of the guys in the big jobs are still the old the old guard. What do you think, Ryan? I I, oh God, I, I have so many opinions. I guess mm. I'll I, I'll just try and keep it short by saying, like, we know this probably is not the end of no. this of of hearing about coaches doing things, saying things. Um, it's tough because when you look at the game and where it is, you're right. It is a. I mean, it's a. There's no doubting. It's a predominantly white league. And well, it's a predominantly male league as well. Yeah, yes, and male sport in general. Yes, and mm-hmm. so I mean, the, it, it, 
it's the same thing with yep. uh with um oh my gosh um last year when uh Pierre LeBron was on the oh with Kendall Coyne when Kendall he, Coyne, when he yes. mansplained Kendall hockey Pierre to McGuire, an Olympic not Pierre LeBron yeah, sorry Pierre. when he mansplained hockey to an Olympic gold medalist yeah, on live television she's on the yes. so for those of you who don't know um Kendall Coyne Schofield's one of the best women's hockey players on the planet I've um, never stopped her shot it's not great it's crazy. How many times have you had to face off against her? Well, I I practiced and stuff with her, and then I faced her in juniors. But she's she's literally like five six on skate. She's, she's a tiny, yeah. and then she's married to to an offensive like seven lineman. Foot tall, dude. And, and they're mad, but she's she's the fastest hockey player I've ever seen. Right, in live. So and she does she does some analyst stuff for NBC for NHL for, because, for San Jose yeah, yeah. For San the Jose, Sharks yeah. So, um, after it was like right after the Olympics I believe mm-hmm. and so she's on the doing the whole um, behind the glass thing mm-hmm. or whatever with uh, Pierre Maguire and um, this keep in mind she just won a gold medal in the Olympics with I mean in one of the most incredible uh, games I've seen mm-hmm. hockey games period it was yep. awesome the shootout yep. with. Um, uh, the Lamaru twins. It was amazing. Yep. And so he comes on and he's like, all right, you're not here to be a fan, Kendall. You're here to be an analyst. I love it. The home team's over there. The away team's over there. Let's, mm-hmm. and it's just like, dude, are you joking? Right. And he apologized for it. And Kendall was very gracious and how that goes. Cause we all, we're on the radio. We know how sometimes when you're just like, all of a sudden you're in a moment, you're like, oh, we're on. We have to talk. We're just right, talking. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that's prevalent as you said, but it's not just racially, it's not just sexual orientation. There's a lot of, um, lack of inclusivity historically across the sport and they're, they're taking strides, but this is where you're kind of seeing the ugly head and you're, Oh, we're making progress. We're doing better. Ah, we're not doing as well as There's we, a you problem. think. There's a legit problem. And it right. seems like something big like this happens. Maybe not race. Maybe it could be It could be sex. It could be whatever it you is. You talked about hazing for how many years? Hazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. And yeah. then you, now you have um, uh, uh, Dan Carcillo. Dan yeah. Carcillo yeah. coming out. And he's always been very much an activist on Twitter saying, like, hey, we need to change hockey culture because mm-hmm. it's a problem. Right. And guess what? He's right. Like, there are things that that just need to change in this league. And, you know, we'll see what happens next. Yeah. Oh, we have plenty more to unpack with that. And as we said, we think that this story is going to continue on, Uh, but we need to take another breather because we got to get to the dump and chase segment, which is the best segment of this entire show that takes place during the 35th minute. might be a little delayed today, Uh, but this is the nightcap. My name is Lindsay Brown, your host always and forever. That's Ryan Quigley. That's Ben Goats. And uh, as I said, this is nightcap on CBS sports radio, 1140 and streaming on the radio.com app. Time for a little dump and chase. The Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140. The good old dump and chase segment here on The Nightcap. My name is Lindsey Brown. I am joined by Ryan Quigley and Ben Goats. The Dump and Chase segment usually takes place during the 35th minute of each and every Nightcap episode, uh, 6 to 7 each and every Monday. We ran a little late, so 37th minute, not as good, but close enough. And what we do there during the Dump and Chase segment is that each of us bring a topic, a stream of consciousness, something random that we thought of or we want to address this week. Could be hockey related, could be Gold Knights related, whatever, doesn't matter. And uh, we just kind of talk about it, just throw it out there. It's kind of just like, bam. Bam. We're there. So, Ryan, why don't you go first? What's your dump yeah. and chase? All right. So we were just talking about this a little bit during the break. Like, 
Interesting. I'm sure many people can kind of agree that, especially now that, like, I mean, the Knights are all of a sudden very good in overtime. Yeah, I guess. yeah. So um, I would love to see an expanded three on three overtime. Like, expand in what way? Like maybe instead of five minutes, ten minutes. And part of what Ooh. made me, th- I know that's a marathon. That's a, that's lot. a lot of skating and that's yep. a lot of sweating and it just stinks. But like, I don't know. I saw something the other day about, I believe it was the Oilers who went to overtime. Connor McDavid was, was out on the ice for like He's the like, entire time. Him and Leon, I yeah. think, were out there for literally the whole time. Now, granted, both of them are cyborg human. They're like, okay they're not, hockey. They're not, uh, yeah, they're like, they're mm-hmm. fine. You know, they're nothing they're special. Decent. But like, they are certainly, you know, conditioned enough to be able to handle that. Absolutely. And... I don't know. I think I think when you start, when you, we have these younger players coming in. I feel like conditioning is more important in the NHL these days. Well, just skating in general is yeah, so much more you important. You must be a good skater these days. And Speaking so, of Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr, mm-hmm. exactly. So, like, I just wonder, maybe it's time. Maybe do you expand it to, to a 10-minute three-on-three just because so many people dislike this whole shootout. So you're thing. saying in lieu of the shootout, you would rather have a 10-minute three-on-three overtime. And period. then go to shootout if... After ten minutes, I doubt it. But, but see, that's you would have to have a contingency. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. Like I, try and limit the amount of shootouts as much as possible. I don't hate that because I think, as you said, everyone enjoys watching three on three. It's, it's so crazy. much fun. It's, it's one of the best thing the league has done. I don't care years. who's playing. Mm-hmm. I don't care the two teams. I don't. I mean, care. I care who's playing. If I see, if I see that a game's going to three on three. I'm turning it to that game. Yeah. If we could get like an NFL red zone style channel oh for the God. NHL that's just three on three, like, <laughs> yeah. hey, this game's about to go to overtime, like, sign me up, take my money. There has great. to be a super cut on YouTube of every shoot of every three on three overtime for like each season. You should do that. Oh, that be, be that's, a, that's a good yeah. idea. That is a good no, idea. No, I, I think that's definitely something that could be explored. And honestly, they're going to have to change something sooner or later. You have to stay relevant. You have to make sure that you're attracting people in different ways to your game and this is the best part of your game right now, so why not expand on it? But then again, they had the Winter Classic, and now we have 15,000 Stadium Series jerseys. And that is a weird segue that goes directly into my Dump and Chase contribution today. Yes. A couple weeks ago, these were released, or at least they leaked on Twitter. Now, my two favorite teams, well, my favorite team growing up was the Colorado Avalanche. Because Patrick Waugh, duh. And just in general, they were winning cups. They had tons of talent on that team. It was hard not to love them. And right. as I grew up, my dad was a Kings fan, and I realized Jonathan Quick existed. And as he came in the league, I was I, I if I were a fan, if I had to classify myself as a fan of a team, it would be the Kings. But I'm really not. But they're playing each other in the stadium series this year, or at least they're both playing in them. The jerseys so bad. are so so They're the grossest jerseys in the worst way. And, and if you haven't seen them, I just retweeted them on my Twitter account. You can go at Lindsey Brown 35 L-I-N-D-S-E-Y Brown like the color and then the, the numbers literally 35. They are the worst jerseys I've ever seen. And it's it's very personally upsetting when it's right? <laughs> because at least one of them do it well. One of them do If they're my two favorite team, like one of you guys has to do it well. And the fact that they both just Microsoft Paint didn't even come like, close. They bombed it. Microsoft all right, all right. Paint designed it. The Kings jersey, it, don't get me wrong, it sucks. It's bad. They're both awful. But that that Avalanche jersey is so bad. The lines don't even what match on the arms. It looks like it looks like a kindergartner put it together. And it's not. It, there's no mirror image. It's not no, like it's, it's just. It's bad. Go look at my Twitter it account. It's so bad. It's like, such a lost opportunity because those two jerseys and those two color schemes and logos are so unique and have 
so many different jersey iterations that are legendary already. I thought it was a joke when they yeah, unveiled them. I did too. Aesthetics, if you don't follow them on Twitter, you got to follow Aesthetics. They're all about like jerseys in the yeah. NHL. They're super fun. Like they tweeted it out and they were like, "Yep, these are the uh, these are the uh, Stadium Series jerseys." And I'm like, "There's n- there is no way. And, that can't be right." And honestly, since Adidas took over the jersey and became the official outfit of the NHL, they've done really well right. and they've done really great things apparel, not just jerseys, but just all across the board for fans. The Winter Classic jerseys are pretty good. Have you seen those? Probably. I don't remember, though. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm in these right now. I'm personally right. offended by these jerseys. Yeah. Like, I'm literally, I, I was, I became upset when I saw them. And I'm, clearly, I'm upset again and just from bringing <laughs> up the story from two weeks ago. And so, that's how ugly these are. And I'm not a fashionista by any means. But I know what a good jersey looks like. And this is not it. And not this it. is not, not it. it. No, it's not Edna it. Mode. it, Chief. <laughs> Edna Mode from The Incredibles would be burning these just dumpster fire. You must them incinerate in. these forever, yes, after, forever. This, after this forever. Stadium Series game. All right, Ben, Dump and Chase contribution for you this week. Yeah, what I'm watching uh, this week, Pierre Lebrun uh, tweeted out the other day on Saturday that Taylor Hall, the Devils are finally listening to trade requests or trade offers for him. I'm fascinated to see where this goes. Of course, Star Winger, last year of his contract, the Devils are, of course, out to a horrid start right now. Former Hart Trophy winner. Former Hart Trophy winner. Years ago. And I'm fascinated to see who gets involved in this race. The Avalanche are like a natural fit. Oh my but god. I would you lose my that mind. Would be fair. That would not be fair. I think I that's very it. possible but my dream, my dream scenario is that the Edmonton Oilers come calling. <laughs> I mean, and they back. bring him back. Oh. Make it happen, Ken Holland. Could you imagine that though? It could. Like, it absolutely, it's dry sidle McDavid and. I think they would have to wait for him to get to free agency for it to make it work because they just, I don't think they have the assets to actually trade for him. I think Pierre kind of outlined yeah, that. Yeah. But the reason why they're looking to, to trade Taylor Hall because, like, oh, he's an MVP, he's a really good player. Like, I get it, your team sucks, but why would you trade him? Because you want to get something back because, in all likelihood, they tried to sign him to an extension. They've tried to contract negotiations for a while now, nothing's worked out. He's going to walk. Right. So you've oh, got to yeah. get something back for it. You have to get trade pieces, a player, uh, a draft pick, something. So I, he's being shopped. I believe it was Pierre Lebrun who said it in his article. Like They're kind of playing beat the clock in a way right mm-hmm. now because the longer another team has him, the more they're going to give up. Right. And if the, if a team trades for him at the trade deadline, they only have him for a quarter of the regular season. But they might be willing to pay a really, really stupid price for it. So it well, that's right. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it, the whole thing, it's it's there's a whole, it's like a chess game almost. Yeah. You really need it's to the figure game, out. It's yeah. the game beyond the game, and in all likelihood, you're going to see him in a different jersey than you see him now, whether that's this season or next season. And it's going to cost a lot of money because right. he's going to garner an eight-year deal. Can you blame him for wanting to leave New Jersey, too? Mother trucker, dude. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say no, mother trucker not. to $10 million a year, would you? Oh, no, 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 no. But Oh, back up that get, truck, to baby. To get out yeah. of New Jersey? Oh, my God. Yeah, well, be, there's that. Yeah, I, there's would, that. I do not want to stay But I, I would play in New Jersey for $10 million. But that's the issue, too, is that which teams have the cap space and would have the, really? the roster makeup that would make that move, that signing, yeah. make sense. You're right by New York, so I don't think New Jersey's that bad. You just New hop Jersey. on the train and boom. New Jersey, they don't live in New of... Jersey. They don't live in New Jersey. You know that. They, oh, no, no. They live in New Jersey. Like, no. I a lot was nice told that Lindsey Vaughn and P.K. Subban have a nice penthouse in Jersey. Yes. Well, there, I'm sure nice it is places, very nice Ocean City condo. Newark is possibly the worst place I've ever been to. Ever. It's pretty darn close. And I've been to Baltimore. And sinkholes exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I it's know. pretty bad. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for the dump and, checks, dump and chase 
portion of our show. We have one final intermission before we send you off into the darkness. We'll retape our sticks and lace up our uh, skates again. But on the other side, we are going to look ahead at the rest of the night's slate of games for the week uh, on their New York road trip. Uh, my name is Lindsay Brown. This is the Nightcap live on CBS Sports Radio 1140 and streaming on the Radio.com app. The Nightcap. That's a uh, night with a K, as in Golden Knights. Duh. On CBS Sports Radio 1140. As Shakira said, whenever, wherever, we can go with you. You can find this nightcap, previous nightcaps, all future episodes, should we be allowed to come back on the air, can be found on the, on the Radio.com app or on Apple Podcasts. Just search the, that's right, include the the nightcap, and you should be able to hit subscribe on your cellular devices, on your computers, or wherever. You can also find it on CBS Sports Radio 1140.com. Uh, as I said, this is the nightcap. I am your host, Lindsay Brown, and we are in our final portion of this week's edition of the nightcap. I'm joined by... Ben Goats and Ryan Quigley. Hello, gentlemen. What Hello. is up? Before I forget, because I haven't asked you guys, where can I find your stuff, you, social media? Where can I find you? Ben, you got Oh, thank you. You can find me on Twitter, at Ben S. Goats, on Twitter, G-O-T-Z. Or uh, all my articles are at ReviewJournal.com. And you can find me on Twitter, at RP underscore Quigs. And if you would like to, uh, I guess, learn a little bit about the uh, Minnesota Wild, they cover the Minnesota Wild as well. So um, you can find my Minnesota Wild content at Hockey Wilderness how with one S. Yes, just one, one S. S. I like how Ben was pointing at you to go first, and then I, you said, Ben, why don't you go yeah, right no, ahead? I'm nailed like, it. I have tunnel vision. I can, I can only see exactly what a great on-air production yes, meeting. Yes, yeah. we, are both, we are both good at looking through tunnels. So... <laughs> the uh, the Knights just made quick work of the New York Rangers, beating them four to one. Was it four to yeah, one? Four to one. Four to one. Way to hold it together, guys. Over the fighting Capocacos. Be very careful, poor favor, with that name. Uh, but I think he was kept off the score sheet, the number two overall pick for the Rangers. But we will be seeing the Rangers pretty soon. We'll actually be seeing them here in T-Mobile on Sunday. But before we get to that game, we have. Another one tomorrow, back to back against the New Jersey Devils, who just got the very their, good New Jersey Devils. They just got their butts whipped. I, I mean, got this, this New Jersey Devils team might the be the greatest Sabres. team of all time. I mean, I've never seen a team as good as this year's. They're New Jersey firing Devils. on all cylinders. You're saying you're firing on? They're they, so good that they're just letting other teams win seven to one because so they good. feel bad. They sent their 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 starting goaltender down to the AHL team because he was playing too yeah, well. They know. They know. Yeah. Like if we let all of our good players play, then, I mean, guys, we're going to be so far ahead in the standings, no one's going to even have a chance. In case you haven't picked up what we're putting down, <laughs> the Devils are super bad. Quite bad. And they Possibly just, the worst. Well, what's the score on that Buffalo game that just happened? Was it like 7-1? 7-1. So yeah. it was a real close nail-biter. And <laughs> the thing about this is, though, and I talked about this with Paul uh, a couple hours ago on the Playmakers, is that when you're a team that gets just hosed like that when you get beat like that it's almost benefit <laughs> mark you're killing it it's almost beneficial for you to play not just the next day but but to have that that ability to get that sour taste out of your mouth but when you're a team like the golden knights and all of a sudden you're facing that team who's a little bit angry a little bit embarrassed 
you gotta you gotta have things ready to go. You gotta right. have ears perked up and ready to go. Especially they, they, that game was clearly out of hand early, mm-hmm. so it's easy to kind of coast and to continue on that thing because they it, it's a back to back for them too. What's nice is that. Yes, it's a back-to-back, but they there's no travel. Right. It's like it's you go to the same hotel. It's the, exactly yeah. like you're going. You're basically going to the same exact yeah. place, just in yeah, a yeah. different direction. They'll go to the Soho house for dinner, and then yeah. they'll just show up at a different rink tomorrow. So, like, it's not like when you have you know you have a home game, and then you have a back-to-back against Montreal the or next LA. Year. Like they, they did that a couple weeks ago. They right. went home and home. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, this could the nice might actually look better tomorrow than a lot of people think they will, just because they think, oh, it's back to back, like this is right. good. But I mean, they're basically staying in the same place. They could be firing on all cylinders, just like obviously the Devils were tonight. Right? So. But have they won three games in a row yet this year? Is that this? Is this, this is the, their first this three this game first winning streak for the Golden Knights? So that that's that's definitely something that they're going to want to sustain, especially since they've they've had a few streaks on the other side of the column this season. Yes. Uh, then on Thursday, they are going to face the Islanders, which is the really big game. The really, as Ben and, and Ryan have both used this this analogy, the measuring stick yes. of this road trip the and where this team test. is right, yes, right now. Yes. What do you think about the Islanders, Ben? They're, they're good. They're so good in a way that's super hard to explain. I don't know how they're good. But because they their, best, their best players aren't even playing that well, but they just keep winning night after night because Barry Trotz he must, is... I mean... He's possibly going to repeat the, for the Jack Adams because yeah. he's that good of a coach. Obviously, Golden Knights fans don't need to be reminded of that because he <laughs> hoisted a cup at T-Mobile Arena. Um, but dude has been coaching his butt off this year. Uh, they lose their... Vesna finalist goalie Robin Leonard just plug in another goalie, the same defensive structure, and they continue on their extreme winning ways. I believe they had a franchise record 17-game point streak end pretty recently. They're 15-0-2. Mm-hmm. So they're just a team that's so hard to break down. They're right. so structured. They're so well coached. They play so hard. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited to see that game. Yeah. Plenty of Golden Knights games on the docket for this week, uh, but We'll discuss all that next Monday, 6 to 7, here on the Nightcap. As I said, my name is Lindsay Brown, your host, always and forever, streaming live on CBS Sports Radio 1140 and on the Radio.com app. Bye!